this is Joy. And this is Claire. And this is Joy and Claire. A weekly podcast talk show about the things that bring us together. Make us happy. Make us whole. Make us human. Hey guys, this is Joy. And this is Claire. And this is Joy and Claire. And it's March. Time happens. It's March. We're, oh my gosh, I'm we're so not, excited. We're, yeah, but we're not thinking about last year's March. Like, let's not no, do that. Banish that <laughs> to the to the ethers. I saw uh, a meme that was like, you know, some movie with Natalie Portman where it was like us thinking about last year's March. And it was just like this very scared look on her face from some yeah. like, horror movie. And it's okay. Let it pass. We're moving yes. on. We're not there we anymore. Are, we're reclaiming March. We are reclaiming March. And we're excited about it. And how are you doing that, Claire? I love March. It's like, okay, so I do really like winter. Like this winter was a little anticlimactic because I didn't really get to go skiing. Although right now you guys are going to hear this on Thursday. We're recording on Sunday because we took a little family road trip to Durango, which is a super cute mountain town. It's about six and a half, six-ish hours from Denver. And it's like very near Mesa Verde. It's pretty pretty close to the southwest corner of the state of Colorado. Um, if any of you guys know where Mesa Verde is or, you know, you can imagine the southwest corner. But the problem with Colorado is that this isn't the problem. The thing that makes Colorado great is there's all these mountain passes. And so to get from Denver to southwestern Colorado is like really not a straightforward trip. Mm-hmm. You have to go over a couple of mountain passes. And so it just takes a little while to get here. Anyway, but we're going skiing on Tuesday and it's going to be the only time this entire year that I go skiing. And like, I'm not a good skier at all. In general, I just don't love going fast. Um, I'm the same really- way. I grew up skiing, like oddly enough, growing up in Arizona, we skied every spring break in Utah. Mm-hmm. So I grew up skiing, love skiing, but na- I mean, I would go super fast as a kid. But now, like if I was to go skiing, I haven't been in a while. I'd be like super conservative and like scared <laughs> to go I fast. Know. It's not even like, even as a kid, like when I would go in high school, I mean, I would go up almost every single weekend and you would think I would be good at skiing, having skied. I took ski lessons every Saturday from when I was three years old until I was like 15. Oh, wow. Like, you would think it would be amazing at skiing. Yeah. I and by the really way, not. I love the kids ski school where they like hold oh, on to the little gosh. thing that like yes, pulls the them carrot. up. It's so cute. Yes. Yeah. The little carrot lift. Yes. Which in, you know, normal adult, it's called a tow rope. But when you're in ski school, you call it the carrot lift. Oh, yeah. Um, Or the, you know, because it's on the bunny hill and it's got a carrot. Yeah. But I just like, for me, it was always and has always been a social activity because when you, you know, grew up in Boulder, like everybody, like all my friends skied. Yeah. And like I had one friend who had a cabin or whose parents had a condo in Winter Park. So we would go to the condo and like, we wouldn't like charge. Like there was, you know, the group of guys and mostly, you know, in high school is mostly guys who were like going and jumping off cliffs and stuff. But, and I was always like, you know, I'm just going to stay on this like cute little blue run and I'm going to go like eat some pizza and like maybe come back out maybe not and I maintain that mindset to this day (laughs) yes I'm like you know I enjoy being outdoors with my friends yes and that is why I like to ski Mm -hmm. yeah I don't really care about skiing for the sake of skiing I don't know if you guys can hear Evie screaming in the background oh Um, I just heard that I thought it was my dog uh, nope small child. So anyway, but nonetheless, even though I'm not that good at skiing, I really enjoy 
going, being outside yeah. um, in the winter with and kind of like cruising around. And it's just, it's always been such a big part of my life that I really miss it when I don't get to do it. Yeah. So this year has been weird. Like this yeah. is one of the only years of my entire life from like toddler years that I haven't had a ski pass. That's crazy. Like this is maybe the second or third time only in my life that I have yeah. ski pass. So yeah. it'll be really fun to go skiing on Tuesday. We're going to Purgatory. The name of the resort is Purgatory. It's like this kind of more local. The ski areas in this part of the state are a lot more, Purgatory isn't, but they have a lot more advanced ski areas in this part of the state because the mountains are a lot more steep and they get a lot more snow, but it's so much harder to get to that this is much less of a tourist destination than right. the, you know, half a dozen or so ski hills that are within a three hour drive of the Denver, Denver. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So um, anyway, I I always think like how I don't know if it's like a taking for granted thing, because I know people come here for the skiing. And I always feel so bad that I'm like, I wish I like skewed more. But here's the thing that I always think about is how bad traffic is. And I mean, totally, you'd have to like take days off and like go during a, a weekday, which is fine. And I could do that. I guess it's just like, I'm not motivated enough to do it. But I remember when I was in my 20s, I dated this guy who worked at Vail. And so we would go skiing there all the time. And he would take me on like these crazy runs. And a few times I went like on a black diamond where I thought I was going to die. I was like, what am I doing? Because it wasn't like I was a pro skier. I mean, I know how to ski pretty well, but I was just like, it was very, the things you do for love, you know, the things you do for, for love. And then I, <laughs> and our, my uh, equation of the things you do for love is reversed because Brandon, the thing he does for love is ski slowly with me. <laughs> so nice. So what made you guys decide to take a trip? We just needed to get out of Dodge. Yeah. I didn't uh, yeah. want to deal with like the... I mean, you don't have to explain that part, but was there something where like all of a sudden out of the blue, you guys were like, oh my gosh, we need to go somewhere. No, we've had this trip planned for a couple of months actually. Oh, good. And we've okay. kind of like, we put it on the books probably back in late December, early January. And we were just like, you know what? We're going to book this on VRBO. Like they have a pretty good COVID cancellation policy. And we're just going to kind of feel it out and see how it feels as we get closer. Yeah. And I had done that with a trip in Cal- to California that I was going to take in December. And the closer I got, the more it was like, this isn't responsible or safe for me to go to California. It you know, would have been like the second week of December. And so I was like, okay, I've already had the experience of like booking a trip a couple months out and getting to that point and being like, nope this isn't safe. Right. But this one is kind of, is very much the opposite. Like, you know, now that vaccines have begun rolling out, the cases in Colorado have gone down dramatically. Dramatically. Yeah. And the state is just very, very slow. And it's, you know, county by county for the most part, but it's like most of the really intense tight regulations have kind of started to ease off a little bit. And yeah. it's interesting, like, you know, you were talking about being in Westcliff where it's, uh, you know, a lot more, um, rural and kind of everything that goes along with that in terms of the politics of the area. Durango is also pretty rural, although it's also known for being like this big outdoorsman town, very like there's this like big organic co-op, not big, this organic co-op we went to yesterday. There's a college here. It's interesting because like it's surrounded by all of these very rural, conservative, smallish towns. But then Durango itself is a little bit more liberal, although still very much like has its roots in, I, th- I believe, mining. And yeah. I actually, I should look that up why Durango was formed. But people have yard signs all over town that say like, support public health, wear your mask. That's instead of like the, the Biden yard sign, you have like a wear your mask yard sign. Right. 
And it's just so interesting to, you know, like we were talking about last week, it's so different from town to town. And we really take for granted the like bubble we live in that everyone's like, yeah, of course I would wear a mask. Like what's the, what's the big deal? Right. And so being here, it's like, wow, it's a big deal. Like people have really had to like literally put their flag in the sand and say, no, I'm wearing a mask. But I'm excited to be down here. We love as part of the state. If it weren't so isolated, I think we would live here one day. Um. Okay. Well, in case you were wondering, Durango was founded because of the Dur- Denver and Rio Grande Railway. However, I'm not really clear exactly what it's like export, like what the point of it. Was it a mining town? San Juan Mining District. Yeah. Also a ton of like really interesting indigenous history here. Like Mesa Verde is really close by, which if you guys aren't familiar with that, it's this really cool ancient cave dwelling. It's actually not that ancient. It was inhabited until around the 1200s and was inhabited for thousands of years. It, like these Pueblo cave dwellings. Very cool. Anyone have questions about Colorado? Just let us know. <laughs> We're not historians, but we can tell you some things about it. I can Google it and say it out loud instead of you Googling it. We can do that for you. We sure can. We can do that for you. We are here for you. I want to go to Durango and I also want to go to Telluride. Have you not been to Telluride? No. (gasps) We have to do a trip to Telluride. Oh my gosh. That's going to be our our next trip. I just think of the Tim McGraw song. Telluride. I'm unfamiliar with that song, but Telluride. It's a great song. It's a great song. I can't song. believe you. I can't believe Scott's never gone to Telluride with you. It's oh, so cute. I think he's been there, but he, yeah, just he not always, with you. Says, yeah, not with me. It's like, I love it because it's like very bougie Western, mm. you know, like. How do you compare it to Vail? It's more Wild West. I was going to say more Western Wild West than Vail, yes, which is bougie. By far. Bougie. Okay, so Brandon and I always say, I always talk about this. Vale is like the town where you go that's full of people who want you to know how much money they have. Yeah. Aspen is where you go that's full of people who have so much money that they don't care whether or not you know it. Right, exactly. Aspen's like a whole different chapter of. So, like, yes, Vale is like bougie, but it's actually more kind of, I mean, and wealthy for sure, but not for sure. But it's like, uh, like show off wealthy. Showy wealthy versus Aspen's like, like they have so much money that they're like, they're like, I'm wearing sweatpants, I don't even care. Right. And they're like, we're here, period. (laughs) <laughs> that's really all you need to know is if we and live like, in Aspen, that's yes. all you need to know. Except you don't, nobody, you know, like those people don't live there. They own their like right, $15 they have their, million. Yeah. Dollars right. I always think of like Goldie Hawn and Russell. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right. Kurt like Russell, Tom yeah. Cruise has a house and Of course. Yeah. All of them. Like, yeah. Maria, the Mariah Carey. Yeah. Yes. Literally. <laughs> Mariah Carey um, with her outfits that are all, you know, the ski suits that yes, only she uh-huh. could wear. Right. Like where it's like white spandex with like yes! a big, like, big fur fluffy fur. I love it. I want that life. I really do. Um, I know it's so great, but that's the thing is like even like the fluffy furs like are a little usually over the top for Aspen. But Telluride is a lot more like horse ranch kind of style. I got it. Not to say that it's full of horse ranches, but it's more like that vibe. That vibe, right? But. It's beautiful and there's a gondola that you can take for free out of the town center to the top of the mountain and back down and it's just like so gorgeous and lovely. <gasps> and they have if you go in the summer there's like this beautiful waterfall you can hike to and they have they have this like amazing bluegrass festival. They have the Telluride Film Festival. If you guys, you know, if Yeah, let's take a joint Claire like, trip there. Visit Telluride is looking for a spokesperson. <laughs> As you can Look see, no I'm very qualified. <laughs> Look no further. There's also this great thing in Telluride called the Telluride Free Box. I don't know if they're still doing it in COVID, but it's exactly what it sounds like. You basically, it's like, imagine like, you know, a tiny free library, except full of just anything you could think of. Like it's on the side of this building and it's just like massive bookshelf, basically full of just ulti- like piles of random, like, okay, you know, so guys, you know, our friend Jess, Jess lives in this part in the, her neighborhood. They have an alleyway. Oh my where gosh, like, I love put, it. 
<laughs> they call it like I the magic it. alley. If you put things out in the alleyway within like an hour, they're gone. So and good. not like, not because like the trash came and picked them up just because like some magic came alley. And, it's so someone great. came and took it. So like, this is the free box. It's like, if you want, if you don't, if you like want to get rid of something, you just like go put it next to the free box and like someone will come get it. Like I've got like nice and it's nice stuff a lot of the time too. Like some of it is trash, but it's hilarious. Like I've gotten back in my rafting days, I got like an ammo can, which is like a watertight metal box that you use. It's called an, it that like they used to fill with ammo and, that, and that's why it had to be watertight, but it's also used like for rafting. Now you can put uh-huh. your supplies in there very fun highly recommend tell you i'd love okay. to hear yeah but i'd also love to hear like the crazy things people either gave away or got for free right. from like a magic alley and i always use this app called let go whenever i just mm-hmm. want to give something away and i don't want to take it anywhere right. i just, want like, I just need to get rid of this yeah and i always use let go and i swear to you there's not i haven't had a lot of a lot of luck selling things on there because it's really saturated but anytime you just need to give something away for free it's gone within five minutes and it's the best i've given away like huge pieces of furniture that I'm like, I'm not going to sell this. Like someone just please take it away. It's the best. Okay. I want to read an email really quick. And then, but I also want to talk about bougie things. So let me talk about bougie things first, because I watched the Billie Eilish documentary this weekend. It's on Apple TV. It's amazing. I have to be careful with watching things like this because I fall very quickly into the comparison trap and I just get very depressed. It's kind of the same thing with Kardashians. Any type of reality show where they're like so darn rich, I can't separate like my life from their life. And I'm like, what am I even doing with my life? And not to mention, I was just in a, I was in a really bad mood on Friday anyway. So I was just like why am I doing this like what am I doing with my life she she got famous and loaded when she was 14 15 she's 19 now it's just insane how successful her and her brother were but it's a really amazing documentary it's really well done her family is so cute her mom is adorable her dad is like the cutest dad in the world I love their family I like they're really really good people but I was just like in this very pity party it got me really bummed out because I'm like what am I even doing I'm like 43 what am I doing with my life and then oh, I yeah. just like needed to go do something else but it's great it's great if you're yeah. like if that stuff doesn't affect you but I tend to get like super comparison trap when I watch those things. That's how I felt when I was watching the Mars rover landing. Yes. That like everyone was like, oh my gosh, we did it. And I was like, oh, I just sent out an email that had a typo in the subject line <laughs> to 25,000 people. That's what I said. <laughs> Cool. I'm so glad that you were able to send a rover into space and let it. And after nine months of flying (sighs) through space, it landed exactly where you wanted it to. (laughs) Yeah. And began taking pictures of Mars. I just put two R's in the word journal. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's kind of like the Tom Brady thing where we were like, oh, he's been in whatever 10 Super Bowls and I was playing with Legos last weekend. So, you know, we just need to be satisfied with our lives somehow. But that is way too in our face comparison trap material Mm -hmm. if we want it (sighs) but you really um you just it's so funny to me that you not funny to me but it's a um the irony of you being so affected by a celebrity reality is that you also love celebrity culture so much love celebrity culture it's like it's almost like you know picking at a scab type of thing where i'm just like i love it so much but it pains me sometimes because i just get so like but here's the other thing is you just have to i also am projecting this like perfect life that they don't have you know nobody has a perfect life but i think that because i was also in a really bad mood on friday i just like needed to project some crap that wasn't real where I'm like they live this like perfect life and oh yeah she like gets to I travel the world and I'm like that doesn't you know everyone's got their crap Let's I can't be imagine being that famous at 15 at that young that young like, right. imagine even at 19 like we can barely yeah. handle it when someone like gives us a negative review on oh. iTunes 
my gosh. Yeah. And I and mean, we're it's grown ass women. Exactly. And I think that's really very prevalent in this documentary of how hard she is on herself. She's so hard on herself where I'm like, oh, poor thing. Like there were shows where she wouldn't go out because she was like, it's not perfect or this is going to look dumb or people are going to make fun of me. Or she she always questions like, why do people like me? It's really interesting because you just kind of like that self-worth thing where you can see her not like immaturity, but just she's not, she's young, you know? And so kind of growing that confidence is not just like grown overnight just because you become famous. Totally. Yeah. But it's a good documentary. Check it out. I was just in a really bad mood and my bad mood was like mostly work related because I was just like whatever I had a bad day okay let's move on to an email because someone wrote us an email Ryan and it said the subject line is not political enough friendly email thank you because we can't handle (laughs) negative things us unlike Billie (laughs) Eilish at age 15 (laughs) Zero negative God, we can't take it. We just can't. Um, hi, Joy and Claire. Love the podcast. Personally, I don't think you both talk about politics enough. Is it political to say don't drink and drive? You might kill someone. But wear a mask so you don't kill someone. That's political. Anyways, here's my dilemma. Not sure if you have any thoughts. I live in California. Figure in the next six months vaccines are likely... I would like to get back to a CrossFit style gym. I say CrossFit style because I'm kind of burnt out on the brand, but that is not a total deal breaker. A lot of gyms have closed their doors permanently, and many of the gyms that are left have been cheating the whole time. I don't really want, and I'm assuming cheating by like just letting people in and whatever. I don't really want to give my money to a business that has been spreading the virus. Half a million dead people in a year is insane. I'm not really sure how to find a gym once things start to get back to normal. Many of my CrossFit friends don't really believe in germs or science, or maybe that chalk can the virus. <laughs> what? Okay. Uh, I really hope as things get back to normal, a lot of garage gyms open and we kind of start over. I think that's my best hope. Any thoughts or ideas on how we find a new, how to find a new gym? Um, first of all, CrossFit friends who don't believe in science or germs, you need to get rid of those friends. Um, get. Get. That's a uh, while since they pulled out the get. Yeah, we need to get that I came think, from an episode from Girls Gone Wad, by the way, when we were talking about yeah. with Natalia and Lisa about eating disorders. And we were just in talking the about early days, early days. Yeah, I think any just like any gym, I this is my number one piece of advice for any gym you're tra- anytime you're trying to find a new CrossFit gym. And it's look at the pictures on their social media. Mm-hmm. I was, yep. And it was great. If they have been asking people to wear a mask, then you know, and go look at like the blog on their on their site. If they have been asking people to wear a mask and people have actually been complying and they've been taking it seriously, then they'll most likely have photos of that in their social media and most likely have at least one blog post about it yeah. that had you know that says like, hey, this is important. Don't forget, like as a like a reminder. Um, like the gym I go to, CrossFit Roots, recently made a post, and they haven't been posting. They don't, you know, go every single day posting like don't forget wear your masks because people just do it and they're good they about do it, it and, you know, right. and like you'll be in class and yeah if you need to if you're gasping for air somebody might pull down their mask for two breaths and then pull it back up exactly but if you're, which is you know but if you're that's if pretty somebody, normal but if somebody has their mask pulled down for an entire round the coach is going to go up to them and say put your mask back on if you need to take a break the doors are always open you're welcome to walk outside and pull your mask down and like take you know breathe take it breath, out for yeah. 30 seconds or whatever they posted a post recently on instagram that was like a picture of somebody doing a front squat or something in a mask and it was like you know hey thank you guys so much for wearing masks indoors and not complaining you know we're almost there like 
kind of like none of us have enjoyed this. Right. And, and you don't have to pretend like it's been like a fun carnival ride to like right. wear your mask indoors. But at the right. same time, like we've done what we needed to do to keep each other safe, to keep the business open. And in Colorado, that's been the other big thing is that if you allow people into your business without wearing masks, you as the business are the one that's penalized, not the person wearing the mask. And so the onus is on you as the business to enforce it. And so, you know, it's like, hey, thank you for, you know, letting us basically maintain our business throughout this safely. And I think I've seen that from other gyms as well who, you know, have been doing a good job with that. And so I would, I would really just start there. And then the other thing that I would do is when you are reaching out, I would say, Hey, you know, I have a few questions. Like, tell me about your, you know, your, your thought processes around scaling. Tell me about your thought processes around body composition, maybe, you know, kind of a health at every size. And then tell me about how you kept your members safe in 2020. And, you know, maybe you write that in an email or maybe you ask it to them, you know, the first day that you go in to like do a drop in. But those are the three questions that I would ask of any CrossFit gym. And I think how they answer that, if you're like, tell me how you kept your members safe in 2020. And they're like, oh, well, you know, we kind left it up to the, each individual to make their decision. Like that's code for we didn't see a reason to uphold that. And especially right. in California, like I think... I mean, in California. In California, you know, like a couple weeks ago, we talked about how in every state and every county that the, the rules have been different. And so in some gyms, you aren't required to have people wearing masks, you know, or maybe you are, it's more about like a capacity thing or working out outdoors thing. But in California, it's been really strict. And mm-hmm. so if it, it, the the lines are pretty clear there around like were you taking i think you know it, it just has to go along with what what you believe to be true and i think in california more than anywhere else we've heard a lot of people being like this was taken over the top you know j- businesses should have been allowed to open other every other state was doing it blah 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 but like what felt reasonable to you what would have felt reasonable to you and uphold that gym to that standard mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i also like to call out um, the out foundation and out out athletics because a lot of times when they are hosting events i feel like that is also a sign that the gym is inclusive and not to say that's like the only thing but um, go on the out foundation or out athletics and see if they that gym has hosted an event or if they're affiliated with them in any way because i feel like that is also a sign of like being an inclusive space which we really need to pay attention to that too quick i have another quick email because i asked about texas and uh, ej wrote in our listener ej says hi joy and claire on your most recent episode you asked about folks in Texas. I thought I'd reach out and share my experience. I currently live in Houston, Texas, and was very lucky to have power throughout the storm. I lost water for about two days when the city shut off water due to the many main breaks that were occurring. All things considered, I was extremely lucky. I work through AmeriCorps at the nonprofit called SBP. We are in the field of disaster recovery construction. Here in Houston, we are still helping people recover from Hurricane Harvey. Many of our previous clients experienced burst pipes that caused a lot of damage. We've been going back to their houses to help remove wet drywall and insulation, flooring that was damaged, cabinets, and plumbing that burst. Because so many other people are experiencing plumbing issues, finding supplies and materials to help fix pipes is really hard. I've forwarded the newsletter my company sent out recently. It details the work we've been doing in response to Winter Storm Yuri and includes ways people can donate to our efforts if they like. Cheers, EJ. So I'm going to post these resources on the website, or I'm sorry, on our on our show notes here, um, if you want to check those out. So look for the show notes in this episode post. And thank you for sending that, EJ. Okay. Hi, EJ. Hi, EJ. Okay, one other quick thing that I wanted, to, and I'm, I'm putting you on the spot here, but oh. are we going to go to the CrossFit Games this year? Whoa. I know. Kelly, hi, Kelly, was 
sending me messages about it. And she was like, do you guys think you're going to go? I may or may not have a friend who's like waiting to decide whether or not to go until she finds out you're going to go. Oh, wow. Tickets are on sale. Okay. When are they? Is it summer again? Yeah. It's like in August, in, you know, and it feels like outdoors in August. You like know, that. We might I would be able to love do that. to go. I think I'd love to I'd go. I'd love to go. I mean, I'll go anywhere right now. I'm just yes. dying to go somewhere. I want to go to Arizona. I want to go to Hawaii. Let's, I mean, anything I mean, that feels like a normalcy thing, I like yes. sign me up, sign me up. I want to go. We have, I mean, we, I need it. We're going to need to take not just need to but want to take every possible opportunity to go to madison and see brandon's family this year because for sure they haven't no since she was able to walk oh i was gonna say i'm like oh yeah 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 brandon's mom has only seen her twice in her life (gasps) oh my gosh they're dying the last time they saw her was over a year ago we went to wisconsin in january of 2020 i know so i'm like we need to go to wisconsin we need to go to madison like 10 times this year Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. as soon as brandon's family is all vaccinated so you're you heard it here first guys we are gonna try to make the crossfit we are gonna try to make the crossfit games work and uh yes please and thank you we're gonna go to gray's 100 times Okay, so you know how like, that was a really creepy sound, but you know how like, I was like a little sexual. I apologize. I, you know, I have this app, or I'm, I'm sorry, like on the iPhone, it has this feature now where you see memories of photos, like you can customize your life. And I see Gray's, Madison, our trip to Iceland, our trip to LA, which by the way, we hit like the anniversary of a year last week. And I was just like, I'm just gonna not talk today because that was that was a moment. But if you want to go to the CrossFit Games this year and it's safe for you and safe for your family, I think we are, we we want to try to make that happen. And maybe we should just try to like talk to the new CEO guy. I mean, he's in Boulder. He's let's in Boulder. Him, let's give it a try we and just should. be like, we what's really going should. on? We're a little salty in some areas. Can you talk to us about like, that? Listen, if you want to get people back on board, ours yeah. is the podcast to go yeah, to. For sure. Because and maybe we we'll have... even release it on the Girls Gone Wad feed too. So we oh can just kind of anyone who didn't subscribe or, you know, jump ship. We are really putting the cart before the horse here on this idea. <laughs> However, uh, you know, we I'm sure we can make that happen. Yeah. I'm not sure, but I'd like to think we could. I'd like to think we could. Okay, guys, this week we asked you for some random questions. I love all these random questions that you have because sometimes people ask them like, oh, have we never talked about mm, that? Uh-huh. For example, how did you meet your husbands? Oh, okay. Uh, I'll go first. I knew Scott for years. So we, Scott and I kind of ran in the same crowd, if you will. We had a very similar group of friends that kind of overlapped. So whenever I was at parties, he'd be at parties. And so I would always see him and his best friend actually worked. It was a DA, it was a DDA. And so I always saw his best friend at work and he would kind of be like, hey, you should you should go out with Scott. Everyone would always be like, you should go out with Scott. And at the time I was always dating. I mean, I was like in the prime of my dating years. Well, I was just dating, 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 and he was dating people. And so whenever we saw each other at parties, we'd just be like, oh, hey, wasn't like super, I don't know. It wasn't very like apparent that either of us were interested at the time, you know? So it was like, okay, well, fine. If he wants to like go out with me, he should call me. So finally we were both at this, it was probably two years later. And I remember my best friend went with me to this, this engagement party for our mutual friends and Scott was there. And I remember t- telling my friend, Melanie, I was like, if Scott's there, I think I want to talk to this guy. And it was just like out of the blue thinking like, I've been through so many bad dates and like bad people. Like I should try to like 
date this guy because everyone's been saying it for years. We should date, blah, blah, blah. So finally, we go to this engagement party and he and I started talking. And now, like the moment that I remember thinking like, he's such a good guy, and this goes to the gift giving, is he gave the engagement couple, first of all, nobody brought like an engagement gift to these people. It was just a party, you know, but he brought a record and the groom is from Venezuela. And so he brought this like Venezuelan record, this Venezuelan artist, a record of music, Venezuelan music to Miguel as a present for their engagement party. That's such a Scott. It was like, and I remember thinking like, what a thoughtful guy, like who does that? And so then we started talking. He was going to Arizona for work that week. So he was talking about Arizona and he's like, I want to know where to go eat, blah, blah, blah. Like just very trying to tr- strike up conversation. So I gave him my number and I was like, yeah, call me. And then we just started talking, went on a date. Our first date was, and I will never forget it because the next day I went to see my nephew who had just been born. His Memorial Day week weekend of 20 of 2006 was the weekend that we had our first date and we went to body worlds and if anybody remembers <laughs> body worlds that'd be a weird first date oh it was so weird but he called me he goes i know this is really weird but would you want to go to body worlds because it was like a really cool like one it, it's not an exhibit that comes through your town very often so i went to body worlds in 2006 as a field trip with my high school anatomy class. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Because no. the weekend that you and Scott had your first date was the weekend that I graduated from high school. <laughs> yep. And that's the age gap right there. It's so good. So, yeah, we went on, uh, we went to Body Worlds and then we went to get a drink and then we went to dinner a lot later because he goes, let's just like go get a drink after Body Worlds. Let's like not eat right away because I don't know if we're all going to feel like eating after that and so yeah it was like a really nice long the date. whole room smells like the whole, yes he's like <laughs> let's just go get some drinks before we like decide if we want to go have dinner and then yeah then the next day and then the next day I flew to South Carolina where my brother was living at the time and my mom picked me up and I was like oh my gosh I'm gonna marry this guy and she was like what because I, at the time I was like the eternal single girl my family was like yeah we're giving up on joy she's never gonna get married I'm not kidding and so my sister-in-law and my mom were like you gotta be kidding me so that's how we met and then we just kept dating each other. And then we were like, we just want to keep hanging out. And then we eventually got engaged in Hawaii. And then you, here you are still hanging out. And here we are hanging out, still okay. liking each other. So that then brings up the follow-up question, which is, when did you know that you were in love with your partner? Mm. Uh, let's see. So I kind of went back and forth because I was I was very young and scared. I was very kind of like anti-relationships. Not that I didn't want to get into, an, in a, into a relationship, but I was just, I was weird. I was very scared and and hesitant and skeptical of relationships of like really serious relationships. And so I remember Scott and I took a trip to Arizona, like three months after we started dating. And I was just like, I don't know if I can go. This is like too serious for me, like to take a trip with him. Like I was freaking out. But I think after that trip, like seeing how, not that I needed like a caretaker, but just how he takes care care of things and was just like so kind to me and so thoughtful and kind of just like let me be me instead of trying to change me. Like if I was freaking out about the trip, he he was like, do you want to go or not? Like he just didn't get too crazy about it. I just remember thinking he didn't get like caught up. No, he didn't get caught up in that. And I think that's when I was like, yeah, I just want to I just want to I don't I wasn't sure if I was like super in love. I was just more of right. I I want to keep hanging. Clap of thunder. No, no, no. It was more like I just really I want to be with him. I always want to be with him. I didn't I don't want to not be with him was kind of like how I was. (laughs) Okay. Follow up question about Scott that just came in. Oh, great. (laughs) And then I'll tell my story. Okay. What does Scott do for a living? Oh. 
How's he dealing with a pandemic since he used to travel so much? Yeah. Oh, this is a great question. Scott would be so honored to know to know people are interested in him. Which, by um, the way, Scott is going to be starting his own podcast potentially. I don't want to, you know, release any yeah any news too early that yeah. he's been talking about wanting to start his own podcast. So, yeah. You know, with, send us in some encouragement for Scott. Yeah. Please send in encouragement. He's so cute, and I know that was very vulnerable of him to tell me. You know, the podcast queen for the past eight years. He was. He just kind of like casually let it out last week. He's like, yeah, me, Colin and Joaquin, like these are his BFFs, are going to start a podcast and it's going to be about, I'll, I'll save the details just um, for later. But I'm like, that's great. I was like super encouraging because I know that was a big deal for him to tell me. But I'm like, I'll edit it for you if you want me to. Yeah, super cute. Oh, and then he started talking about like playing music. And I'm like, you can't play music on podcasts. He's like, I looked it up. You can play 20 seconds of music. I'm like, Sandy, where is Sandy? Why can't we play? <laughs> She's, I'm like, Sandy? Sandy said no. No. I'm like, God. I'm going to let him deal with his own legal issues. No. Yeah, so Scott, Sandy. You, you need to talk to mom Sandy about that. What does Scott do for a living? He works for a company. And this is he's worked for this company since I've been dating him. So he's been with them for quite some time. It's a company called Blackbaud, Black B-A-U-D. And it is a nonprofit fundraising. So it's a public company, but they fundraise, uh, they do fundraising software and some fundraising consultation for nonprofits, higher education. So basically anyone that does type, you know, fundraising type of businesses. So when I was dating him, he was working with a lot of nonprofits and, you know, he would travel there, kind of do a lot of their designing their software that they would need to make money. And now he's working with higher education. So he works with a lot of really big schools to help with their donors and their alumni donations. And he loves it. He's really good at it. It takes a lot of like being really good with people and explaining things. <laughs> and he's just really good at his job. So he works for he works for them. He's been doing it for a long time. Um, and he's having a really hard time with the pandemic right now. He I'd say a few weeks ago, he and I kind of sat down and he's like, I'm just really struggling. I don't leave the house because he works from home. And he's like, I just need, I can tell like when I come home from work, he's like, I need to go somewhere. He's like, do you need anything done? I just need to go somewhere. I need to do something. I need, I don't know. I don't care if it's like going to get the car wash, go to Target. Like we were kind of joking with last week about how couples with no kids are bored. Like that's how he is. But it's like in a way where he's just struggling because he, like many others, uh, don't know when they're going to get the vaccine. And he just really feels strongly about not traveling and not going places without the vaccine. And he's just very, I think he's just in a place where he just wants this to be over like everyone. But for Scott to actually say that is when I know it's really bugging him. And I think, you know, even with kids and even with not being like bored, I still feel that way that I'm like, I need to see to get out of the house. Like, right. I have been really working on, I think I talked about this last week or two weeks ago, that I've been getting to the gym like almost every day, which is a huge departure from October, November, December when I didn't right. work out at all. The just act of getting out of the house has made an unbelievable impact on my mental health, like beyond what I could have imagined that thinking about how I was feeling in like November and December versus and even January versus feeling how I'm feeling now is night and day. And the only change I've made is that I get out of the house every day Mm -hmm. and go to the gym. And like, again, for me, like it's, I feel safe there. Everyone's right. Right. Like everyone's taking, it it doesn't add, it doesn't add stress for me to be there, Mm -hmm. which is a huge part of it. But it's like around other people, I'm seeing a lot of the same people every day, just that 
that small act of like being around the same, you know, being around a group of people every day Mm -hmm. has made a huge difference. And it also made me, has made me think a lot about like the different reasons throughout the last, because I'm coming up on nine years of CrossFit this month. And I know, and it's made me think about like all the different reasons that I've kind of kept coming back to CrossFit and that really at the end of the day, it's really just always been about the people. Mm -hmm. And that for now, it's like, you know, on Friday, I had gone... I'd worked out every day that week and I was like, oh, you know, I should take a rest day. Like my body needs, but I was like, I'm not, I'm actually not doing this because like, I was like, no, I don't want to go. And it, and I realized like five years ago or eight years ago, it would have been like, no, I want to go. Like I got to make my gains. And I'm like, no, I want to go. Like I have to get out of the house. I have to get out of the house. Right. And so it was like, I went and I walked up to the coach and I was like, hey, I'm, I'm not going to like, it was kettlebell swings. I was like, I'm going to do Russian kettlebell swings. Like I'm not going to go overhead and I'm going to go lighter on this and I'm going to go slower on that. And it was like, I'm not here to like make gains. I'm not right. here to like PR. I'm Or here do to- the RX workout. No. You just need to move and you just need to be around people. I just need and, to be out yeah. of the house. Mm-hmm. And like, I just need a good excuse to like be out of the house for some something structured. Yep. And that is my only goal. And so then when I get there, it's like, yeah, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to do like a bunch of heavy weights. Mm-hmm. I'm exhausted. Exhausted and like my body is tired, but like that's not the point. And I think it's just so interesting to like really recognize that evolution and how how I've been thinking about CrossFit and like also really truly being at a point where it's like I don't care what my time is or what my weights are. I really don't because the goal for me is truly just to be there. And once I'm there, like I've accomplished what I've set out to do. And it's not even a goal because it's not like, oh, I'm like striving to go, you know, I have to do it five days a week or whatever. It's like I'm doing this just for the sake of doing it. Exactly. Yeah. Scott's been doing the same thing. Like that does help him. He goes to Orange Theory and he works out like getting out of the house once a day is just really important for him. Like last night he spent a good chunk of time at his best friend's house. Like that's someone that he feels comfortable going to see. It's like the only person he goes to see. But like those are things just getting out of the house, especially if you work from home is so huge. So huge. And being around people, not like yeah. going to the grocery store, being around people. No, being around people, you know. Okay. So I'll talk about Brandon. So Brandon and I met the summer after college. It was 2010. And we were both, so I was 22 and we were both living in Moab. I was I'm working for a rafting company, a nonprofit rafting company that did trips for folks with disabilities. And which by the way, Rafting is such a cool, accessible outdoor sport because on a raft, you can pack anything in a raft that you can pack in a car, basically. You have a cooler so you can keep medication refrigerated. You can bring a generator if you need something really badly to be, you know, to like if you need a CPAP or something, like you can put your wheelchair on the back of the, like I have taken people who are quadriplegic down the river. Like it's so cool, really accessible into like a true kind of wilderness area way that is usually not accessible to people with disabilities, particularly people with physical disabilities. So the company that I worked for or the nonprofit I worked for, it was called Splore and they recently, and they have since been adopted, you know, acquired, absorbed, acquired. Thank you. It was like absorbed. That's like an amoeba acquired, I guess, <laughs> by the um, national Center for Disabled Sports. Is that what it's called? Uh, Salt Lake City. Anyway, very cool. Highly recommend if you're looking for like a cool place to donate. They're very fun. The point of the story is that I had a friend coming to visit me in Moab and Brandon worked at like the one shop in town where you could, you as just like a random lay person could rent a raft. So she and I went there and rented a ducky, which is like an inflatable kayak. And he's like the guy who helped us like, he got, like brought the ducky out to the car. Yeah, And I thought he was really cute. And he had a Knowles 
t-shirt on, which Knowles stands for at National Outdoor Leadership School. If you guys are unfamiliar, it's very similar to Outward Bound. I had done a Knowles course the previous summer where I spent a month in the Yukon doing like canoeing and backpacking. And he had done a Knowles course a couple of years prior doing like some glacier travel, I think in Alaska. And so we like kind of struck up a conversation about our, his, about, you know, Knowles. And then I just thought he was really cute. And I like a couple of days later was driving down Main Street. Like Moab just has one Main Street. I was yeah. driving down Main Street and his, and like I saw him standing out in the parking lot and I was driving with my two other girlfriends who I worked with. And I was like, oh, that's the guy. Like, that's the cute guy. Yeah. And they're like, do you want to go say hi to him? And so we were on our way to lunch or something. And I was like, well, we'll go back after lunch. When we went back. He wasn't there. And so I like went inside and I was like, well, maybe he's inside. So I go because and so I went inside and the lady at the counter was like, can I help you? And I was like, yeah, like that. Who's the cute guy? Outside, like, is he coming back? Like, is he coming back? And she was like, yeah, like he just went for lunch. I was like, okay. So I came back that afternoon and little did I know that she had told him like some girl was looking for you. <laughs> so when I got there, like he totally knew what I was doing. And, but like, he also, you know, is not, he's by far not the person to go out of his way to like talk to a stranger versus I clearly am. Right. So as I was walking up to him, I was like, I don't have like a cover story for this. So I walked up and I was like, hey, um, I work for the nonprofit in town and uh, we're looking to get a decky, a decky is the name of the inflatable kayak, a decky yeah. donated for this like fundraiser that we're doing. How much do these cost? And he was like, um, I don't know. Like I can find that out. And I was like, no, that's fine. Um, anyway, my friend's having this party tonight. <laughs> If you want to go and like, can I get if I, like, but were your friends really having a party? Oh, yeah. So my friends. Okay. Were okay. I was like, did you make up a so, party? <laughs> no. So they were actually having a party. He didn't end up coming that night, but we ended up just like texting. He was like leaving for a climbing trip the next day and it didn't uh-huh. want to come. And, but so, yeah, then we just kind of like ended up hanging out. And then at the end of, so this was like in June or July, or was, I think it was like right after July 4th, maybe. And he and I like hung out a couple of times and then like we're kind of dating ish. And I moved to Vermont at the end of the summer to do an internship with Alpinist magazine. Mm. Guys, I was so outdoorsy for like... I'm like, that sounds great. Yeah. Like for two years, I was so outdoorsy. This like tiny town in Vermont I lived in. And if anyone's like, which town? I was in... I lived in Johnson, Vermont, and I worked in Jeffersonville like tiny town. I didn't like it there. But so Brandon and I kind of did this like, well, we weren't really like fully dating. So like, were we really broken up? Like, so we really just like kept talking so much. And I went and he then was working as ski patrol at Copper in Colorado. And so I went back over like Halloween weekend and visited him. And that was when we were like, okay, like we like want to, you know, try to make something work. Then I moved to Copper, got a job as a lifty. Also wouldn't recommend that. And uh, I, yeah. you've said and that we, so many times where like, I did not like that job. It was the worst. Things, I guess, like looking back, like went, moved pretty fast. And, you know, I was just so young. I was 22. Yes, so young. It's crazy. Um. Okay. So let's, I feel like we've been talking about our husband. Like, I know. This is the husband episode. This is the husband episode. Okay. So let's ask, let's answer a few more of these cute questions. Okay. And, then, and we'll answer the rest of them next okay. time. Have you heard of hot chocolate bombs? And if yes, have you tried them? No, I have not. What are they? I have heard of them, but I haven't tried them, but I really want to. I sent this to you. It's a, I sent a TikTok about this to you in December. Okay. It's like it's like a, a chocolate ball that when it melts in your hot milk, it like it's full of chocolate, hot chocolate oh. powder and marshmallows. Okay. So it's like, it's almost like a bath bomb, but with for hot chocolate. Exactly. Yes. Okay. But it's like, yeah, I haven't tried it, but I really want to. How do you know when to break up with your therapist? I love this question. I'll be really brief about it. There's two things that I want to say. One, do you think it's time to just stop therapy because therapy isn't forever and maybe it's just time to take a break from therapy or do you feel like 
your therapist isn't you you can also communicate to the, your therapist that you're feeling stuck and just say I'm feeling like I'm hitting a point where I'm not really getting anything out of this or I feel like I'm kind of spinning my wheels in therapy what do you think and if the therapist responds with like something that doesn't sound right to you whether it's just be kind of neutral or they don't probe you more about like why you're feeling stuck then maybe you should probe them a little bit more <laughs> it's fine to kind of feel stuck in therapy but I think sometimes patients clients feel like therapists are mind readers and we're not so it's okay to say, tell me what our treatment plan is. What do you think my goals are? Um, kind of getting a little more clear with your therapist of like, what the pl- what's the plan for this? What is the plan for this? But also just, you know, maybe it's time to just take a break from therapy, period. And it's fine to kind of take a break and work on things on your own for a while and like take the skills that you learned in therapy. Okay. When did you start feeling like a quote unquote adult? Ugh. For me, it was when I had kids. I feel like that was like, it was like a clear kind of delineation of like, okay, I am now in charge of another person. Anytime I have the feeling of like, I need to go get somebody who's in charge. And I'm like, oh, it's me. I'm in charge. You're in charge. Yeah. Like, anytime I have that feeling, it sort of like gives me like a slap in the face of reality check. of like, you're the adult here. And I'm like, oh, crap. You're like, I love the thing that you said a while ago where you're like, at the end of the day, or it was like, maybe it was a meme where you're, it's like at the end of the day, you're just like, oh, who's going to make dinner? And you're like, ah, crap, I have to make dinner. Yeah, exactly. Right. When you're looking around, you're like, who's making dinner? And you're like, oh, it's me. It's me. I huh, do the making it. of the dinners. Right. <laughs> Okay, my answer is really horrible slash it's a little more funny. The first thing that popped in my head, I'm just going to be honest, is when I was when I started taking medication <laughs> for my like anxiety and depression. I was like, that's when I started feeling like, like an adult because I didn't have to deal with all my crazy emotions and I was able to like focus on actually like adulting in life and not freaking out over it. And that's okay too. I think that's great. Yeah. What is the best advice you've ever received from a mom or a maternal figure? Okay, you guys know mine. I've said it like a hundred times. It's, Love it. You don't have to say everything you think. Yep. And I think that that as I've gotten older, I think at the time she meant it as like, Claire, you're just like narrating your stream of consciousness. It's driving me crazy. But as I've gotten older, it, it's become to mean more like, you know, think before you speak or like, you know, yeah. but and also recently it's come to mean like not everyone deserves to hear everything that you're thinking about. Like, yeah. Kind of like the you, Brene Brown. People need to deserve yeah. to hear your story. Yeah, exactly. Mine would be take one day at a time. My mom always told me that when I was because I was a pretty anxious kid. I would say anxious teenager and high schooler. I stressed out so much over tests and being, you know, straight A's and competing with my brother, my twin brother. And she would always just say, just take one day at a time. And I always think of that kind of like them being present, but for a high schooler. Okay. What everyday thing are you most excited to get back to post-COVID? Going out to drinks or dinner with my friends. I wouldn't say that's an everyday thing or just going to a store without having to worry about it. Because like right now I want to be very, I think a lot about the choices I make when I go places of do I need to go here today? Do I need to make that trip? Because I think on an individual level, if we all think critically about like, can I consolidate my trips into like one trip? when I need to do this, instead of taking five different trips to different stores. You know what I'm saying? So I think I want I look forward to not having to plan so much or, or think about that, because I just want to be right now very mindful of the trips I'm taking that I'm not like just going willy nilly anywhere that I want or just like going to a mall. Oh, you know what I really, really can't wait for? 
I can't wait to go to Sephora or Ulta and try products because you can't try products right now. You just have to buy something and hope it works. But like, I miss having an armful of makeup samples on my on my whole arm. <laughs> I just miss it. I miss that. That is such a specific thing. Yeah. Um, for me, I really miss hanging out in coffee shops. Like Brandon and I would go, you know, my mom would come over like to watch the kids and he and I would just like go sit in a coffee shop. I miss, or just even by myself, like I miss just sitting in a coffee shop. Yeah. And I also miss going to the office. Yeah. I miss, I mean, not everyone I get that like working from home has been great for some people and it has not been great for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Somebody asked, how is mom Sandy? For those of you who don't know, mom Sandy lost her husband over the summer. Last um, summer he had yeah. been last summer. He had been doing cancer treatment for, it had been about what, a, two years? I want to say two years. Yeah. And she just got a new puppy. This new week. puppy, Clementine. Clementine. It's a little bully. So, a little bully. And um, she has already a bully named Winston, who is one-eyed Winston. He one-eyed lost, Winston. Uh, he's the best. That's really the big update for Sandy yeah, right now. You can we follow need to her. have her on the podcast. Yeah, we, we really do. Update from Mom Sandy and her Instagram's Be A Bond Girl if you want to follow her puppy journeys. So cute. So, so cute. cute. Okay, let's do two more. I'll do this one really quick because I always want to address this when it comes up. Claire, you yeah. shared with us your history of postpartum depression before. What made you realize that you had it? For me, it was really dramatic. I would say within a week of Miles being born, I knew instinctively that something was wrong, but I couldn't articulate it. And no one around me knew, like I didn't have any other new moms around me who w- would have been able to like say like, hey, yeah, like- Like pinpoint it, yeah. To pinpoint it because I think it, in those really early stages, it does kind of take someone who's recently been through part of to help identify it because otherwise you're just sitting there saying like, I feel weird. I don't really know what I'm feeling. I don't feel like myself. And everyone in your life is like, yeah, of course that's how you feel. Like you just had a baby. Like it's normal to not feel like yourself. But for me, it was more than that. I just didn't know how to articulate it. So I didn't actually realize like this is a postpartum depression until I became suicidal. And so that was obviously horrible and scary and terrible. And the first day that I started having those types of thoughts, I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. Like once, I mean, I, if, if anyone listening has ever been in a period of your life where, where you're having suicidal thoughts in those moments, you're not really in like your logical, normal brain. You're not like the thoughts you're having obviously are not rational. And so for me, at least I like, once I would sort of say that I sort of like snapped out of that moment. I was like, oh, well, that was really scary. I need to talk to someone. And, you know, and then like with the, the moment Brandon got home from work that day, I was like, okay, hey, this is what happened and I need to deal with it. But if I'm being honest, I think that I had known for weeks before that that something was wrong and I just didn't know how to articulate it. Right, right. And this was all very new to you too. So you're kind of probably like, oh, is this normal? Is this not normal? You like, you don't know, you don't have a frame of reference. The other thing that I've heard women talk about that I really encourage is even if, because I know sometimes your doctor, if you're like going to see your um, OB or just like doing some type of like post, like a checkup with your baby, right? And so- Your six week postpartum checkup, you take the questionnaire. You take the questionnaire and let's pretend that like the questionnaire turns out, it shows that you don't have a problem. Like if you don't have a high score, but you still feel something's wrong, like it's okay to ask for help. Like don't rely on one little tool of an assessment because maybe you're feeling okay that day. And so I think that the... And I would also say that the questions on that assessment are really hard because it's like, have you been losing sleep lately? Have you been able to do everything you've always enjoyed doing? And you're like... You're like, no, I have a child. I have a newborn. Yeah. No, like, yeah, it's like, how's your appetite? It's like, I don't know, I'm freaking breastfeeding. The (laughs) questions on there are are like... Are for like a normal human. Yeah, you're like not someone who just had a newborn. 
born. Yeah. Right. And so I think that that is not something to take with like a, oh, I guess I'm okay. If this questionnaire says I'm okay, like, please do not use that as your reference tool. And my questionnaire even said I wasn't okay. And my doctor was like, how are you feeling? And I was like, I don't know. I guess I'm feeling okay. And she was like, okay. Yeah. Like so no like- other follow-up question. And, and here's the thing, like medical doctors, great, but they sometimes don't always have like the best training or tools to know how, what questions to ask for behavioral health. Like it's just, it's just not their training. So I would say if you are a new mom or you have a new mom in your life that you're, and you're worried about yourself or about someone else in your life, the number one thing that I felt myself and that I have seen in other moms who've had both PBD and PPA, and that's anxiety, is this like very deep-seated feeling of I am not myself and I don't see a path back to myself that like this isn't right and it's never going to get better. And that's the feeling and the belief is that like when you are a new mom, it definitely do you have these moments of overwhelm, but having experienced depression, postpartum depression with Miles and not with Evie, the difference was that with Evie, I always could see the way out. I always could see that like, this is temporary. I know this is a phase. I know that like, this is just the the moment that I'm in with Miles. I truly couldn't see that. I truly had -hmm. this belief that like, this is hard. This is not what I signed up for. And it's never going to get any easier. It's, it's always going to be like this. Right. Right. And it was that sense of like crushing finality that really is much like like a doom. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I've heard that a lot with people who were then go on to be diagnosed with postpartum depression or postpartum anxiety. This moment is terrible. And all my moments from now on are going to be like this. Right. Not like this moment is terrible and it's going to pass. Okay. um, That was a little bit darker than I expected. Can I do a last questions to be? So yes. Yeah. Upper lip hair removal suggestions. I feel 15 using some crazy mini scissors. Yes, please don't use mini scissors. If you haven't yet found the Tinkle razors on Amazon, that's what I use. Tinkle, T-I-N-K-L-E. I remember Paleo G was on our show and she talked about them. And I was like, Tinkle? <laughs> they're called Tinkle. Yeah, and they're great. They're just like little mini razors. They kind of, It feels like when I used to do, uh, what is it? Microplane? What was it called? Dermaplane, Dermaplane. I'm looking dermaplane. at you like, when did I get? Yeah, when I would do Dermaplane, it kind of feels like that same razor where you just have to be careful because if you push too hard, it leaves like little razor marks on your face. But yes, tinkle razors are the best. So let's do one more kind of like quick fun question. And then there are some other questions in here that I really want to answer next time. Like, yeah, does having more kids completely change you? I want to talk about that, but I'm not yeah. going to get to it this week. Sure. Oh, this also is a great question for next time. What's a cult that you would join? Ooh, I mean, All I right. kind of wanted to make up right? a cult and That's be funny good. about it. But I was like, no, I actually should just think about like an actual cult that I would join. And then another question for next time, maybe how do you just move on from politics of 2020? How do you? How do you? Okay, well, let's answer this one. Favorite three to four day trips in April or May? Palm Springs. I don't know why, but I'm like dying to go to Palm Springs. Where did we go in Venice? Venice is great. Love it. Venice, Venice California. <laughs> Scottsdale, Arizona is really fun. Somewhat warm. I don't know. Any pick a beach and pick a fu- San Diego. San Diego is another great one. Yeah, Southern California. Is so yeah. nice that time of year. Mm-hmm. I would say Southern California, or like I would love to go to Mexico. Mm-hmm. That'd be great. Like it's like a kind of spring break Mexico trip. That'd be lovely. Yeah, for sure. If you like, somebody asked me this on my Instagram yesterday. 
what trip and I know the answer to this is Venice apart from Southern California what is your like what do you look for in a dream vacation beaches sun I don't like to pack a lot so I just want to be able to throw like that's why I love going to Kona and someone asked about like where to go like Hawaii suggestions so we can also address that in a future episode but I just love vacations where you don't have to I stress about packing I think a lot of us do so if I can just pack bathing suits shorts t-shirts flip-flops that is what I'm looking for I don't like to think about outfit planning I'm not that type of person that like lays out the outfits for the week. I just want to throw a bunch of crap together that I know I can just like rotate and recycle. I also like access to a laundry machine. So if we have like a house that we're in, I love clean clothes. It's all about packing. (laughs) It's really all about packing. But I'm also like the beach type of vacations where I don't like to, I don't love vacations where you, that's why I think I loved our, our trips that we did as a group because it was already planned for us. I love going somewhere where I don't have to worry too much about like, what are we doing today? What are we doing today? I'm like, I don't want to plan stuff. I just want to have like an idea of like going to a beach or relaxing. And I'm on either extreme. Either I look for a trip that's like a backpacking outdoors trip where I have to pack like every single thing I'm going to need. Yeah, including food and like utensils. (laughs) Food, water, every single thing. Like I have to bring. Oh, that would stress me out. Yeah. I mean, it's stressful. Yeah, right. Uh, Or like you said, where basically I just show up with like a swimsuit and a hoodie and I'm like, what are we doing today? If I can just do one pair of flip-flops, like I'm in. Or the other main thing that I look for in a trip is access to a lot of food. Mm-hmm. Like buffets and restaurants and different restaurants. Yeah, that's a good idea. That's a really like good one. Like different types of cuisine. Like, yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thank you for hanging out this week. I'm going to go outside in the great outdoors. Go enjoy. Thank you guys for hanging with us. Another episode. You know where to find us on social. Joy and Claire underscore on Instagram. This is Joy and Claire on Facebook. And please share with a friend. Support the podcast by sharing and sharing is caring. Love you guys. Stay safe. Talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.